The following is a presentation of Four Star Sports Media. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor Studio. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor. They have single barrel whiskeys you can only find in their store. Go by and see Stephen Plunk and tell him Four Star sent you. Now, it's time to get to the point with your hosts, Wes Pruitt and Brandon Bumgarner. Memphis fans and welcome to the point where we get to the point of Memphis sports whether that be Tiger football basketball whatever Grizzlies Redbirds we talk it all it's all covered here guys we felt good coming off that Navy win didn't we oh yeah <laughs> we did we did and then we took a trip to Orlando um, to what I've been told by numerous people uh is the worst environment in college football it's a glorified high school stadium from what i've been told tigers drop it down there 24 to 7. seth hennigan did not play peter Parrish got his first start it was everybody's first look at peter Parrish, uh besides high school film will i'll start with you Tigers dropped this one 24 to 7 down in Orlando. It was a rough night Friday night for Tiger fans. I've got some things to say. I know everyone else does. Start with you, Will. My bad. Uh, start with you, man. What was your take from this loss by the Memphis football program Friday night? Yeah, it was a tough one for sure. You know, I know UCF, um, I guess, has become one of those one of those teams that uh, I think, you know, a lot of folks refer to as a rival. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games I think both teams always get up for. Uh, but this one was tough. You know, I was looking back at some of the stats. I didn't really get a chance to sit down and watch it like I wanted to. Um, but, you know, considering this was Peter Parrish's first night out, he really didn't do bad. I mean, aside from this turnovers, you know, the turnovers is what ultimately killed us. But, um, but you know, he had like a 64.5% completion percentage. So that's not, not terrible. Um, they got some work to do. I mean, it was definitely disappointing. You know, they're, they're, I think at the 500 mark for the season. Um, so they still got some tests ahead of them too. I mean, it's, um, 
you know, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season. What's up, Bum? Yeah, it is. Bum, that is a fresh hat, man. I must agree. Oh, by the way, I'm not not to ruin it, Brandon. I'm sorry. Yeah, not nope, to, don't, don't. Nope. Do nope. Okay. All right. Brandon, Bob Gardner, I'll come to you next, man. Talk to me about this Memphis loss Friday night down in Orlando. Well, apparently the team doesn't listen to the podcast because they did the exact opposite of what we told them to do this week, but for this past week. But sorry, I'm trying to get everything set up in my room. But horrible performance by all parties, players, coaches. Um, it it just wasn't it wasn't what it should have been. Uh, going to and that game wasn't a tough game. UCF stinks. They got beat by a Navy team. We absolutely owned the entire game. Uh, they're not good. I mean, look, I know Peter Parrish is a fourth-string quarterback, but if you know he's going to play, then you have to have sets set up for him to play. Not these dink and dunk passes. While you're going for it on third and 19, I'll have no clue. Um, while you're running – out of the straight-up shotgun on fourth and three, uh, running the ball down the middle. At least run out of the pistol. We'll give the uh, halfback at least a little momentum to hit the O-line. Just don't understand it, guys. The play calling, all of it. I, I'm, I'm just – I'm frustrated, and I keep saying I'm frustrated, but I'm about to be pissed off, uh, especially if we, if we go up on the sixth against SMU and you lay an egg there. And I know they're ranked, I know they're undefeated, but you're playing at home. You have no excuses to play the way that you've been playing. You have the talent all over the field. The injuries aren't what's hurting you. Um, granted, Hennigan, Hennigan being out did hurt you, but it's next man up. Uh, I can make excuses. Keelan Brown transferring in the middle of the week. Um, Parrish being the fourth string quarterback all spring or not spring, but all fall camp. But I'm not that guy. I'm not going to make excuses. Some people blame the refs. I don't think the refs did as bad as we played. Uh, there were points of that game where they weren't good, but I mean, guys, it's just, it's frustrating, like extremely frustrating now. I mean, Nathan, I'm going to come to you next, man. Um, it's it's more than frustrating. It, I'm pissed. Like I'm 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 past I'm past frustrated now. Uh, prime example: Arkansas State. We're at the goal line, lined up in shotgun. What are you doing? You're at the goal line. Get under center. Just go forward. College teams don't typically go under center unless you're in. Just I know, I know, but like, I mean, still, I mean, you line well, up in shotgun the from the one the pistol. Pistol formation is a shot. It's a type of shotgun formation. Right, it is. It yeah. allows your halfback to get ahead of steam to hit the line. Right, and, and and the quarterback's also a little bit closer compared to if he was in the shotgun. He's he's been there a step or two up. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash, but Kevin Johns needs to step up. I don't know what I don't know what this is. Uh, Peter Parrish did not have a bad night, but I felt like Peter Parrish was extremely inaccurate a lot of times, which I I, I I get it. I get it. But if you're Kevin Johns, you've got to put that young man in a situation, especially if you've known all week that he's going to be the man Friday night. 
why not put him in a situation, script his first 10 plays that he runs best and get this kid some confidence built up to move on down the game? I mean, Will, you talk about the 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 turnovers. I mean, I feel like a couple of them were – they were on him. I mean, it, it's, you know, just – you don't throw it in double coverage. You don't – I mean, just there's, there's just things you don't do. Uh, but back to Kevin Johns. He's gonna have to step up, or he's gonna have to step out. I mean, that's just that's just where I'm at with it. Sofield's got to step up too. You got to step up and walk into that offensive coordinator room and be like, "Look, man, every every play runs through me. Something, give me something." I, I mean, am I am I the only one in the room that's frustrated with Kevin Johns? You're not. Um, I'm not gonna point individual fingers because this is a team. But well, I, yes, I agree. But. Uh, I'm frustrated with everything that's going on. It's not just Coach Johns. It's not just the play calling. It's everything. It looks like these guys get down and they're like, well, don't need to fight back until later in the game. You know, they just lay down, you know. Uh, and I, I, and I, I don't want to talk bad about anybody. All right. Oh, I know. know. We're just doing what we have to do. Yeah. But But here's uh, my thing, man. It's tough. You know, a lot of people bash McIntyre. I don't feel like the defense played all that bad Friday night. Last two games, McIntyre's done a really, really good job. Navy and UCF. UCF I feel like they played their asses off. UCF Um, was tough because the offense did absolutely nothing to help you. Yeah. Um, The other games – the offense was helping the defense, the complimenting them at least. Other games that you have lost, but the yeah. uh, other than the UTSA game, but your uh, your 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 offense has done absolutely nothing to complement the defense in your most in three of your four losses. Then uh, Saturday showed that specifically and how bad it was. You, yeah. you missed Seth real big, like you, you missed yeah. oh, so yeah. much right now. They missed him, but, I mean, statistically, though, the Tigers and UCF were almost neck and neck offensively the entire game. It's the turnovers that really cost them. You know, they had that one turnover early on right in, you know, I think it was on the – they had a – UCF had a big penalty. It advanced the ball to their 27, and then immediately dude throws, you know, throws an interception into the end zone um, on the one-yard line. So, I mean, you know, it started off poorly from there, but, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, to sugarcoat anything. I mean, you know, the guy had a great completion percentage and like Brandon said, he's dinking and dunking, but I mean, you know, you look at the stats, things weren't really too, too lopsided one way or the other outside of obviously the score and the number of turnovers, you know, you got four turnovers and you don't score except seven points. in I think the second quarter, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you got to do better somewhere. It's for a while there, it looked like it was on defense and then their defense shows up. And now, you know, the offense is, is, is for whatever reason, can't keep pace, which doesn't make sense. Obviously this past week without Seth, that makes a big difference, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's getting to that point. Like Brandon said, you know, or like you both have said, you get to the point, you're kind of concerned. You're getting to the point of almost being a little irritated with it. It's definitely concerning for sure. Most definitely. Well, uh, Will alluded to it, uh, and Nathan, I'm sorry. Uh, you can talk right after I get done. Uh, um, we have the third uh, – hold on. 
Let me reread Third this. worst. Uh, Third turnover. worst turnover margin in the NCAA. Yep. In yeah. all of the NCAA. Yeah, it's terrible. Nathan, let me ask you this, man. Also, timeout. Oh. I know I know, we're talking Tigers, but the Atlanta Braves just hit a leadoff home run to start the World Series. Let's yes. go, baby. So, Chop uh, on. All right. That's uh, awesome. Uh, I was just there, yeah. man, when they when they won the NLCS. It was crazy. Oh, I, right. I, my hotel was right across the street. It was wild. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Nathan, what happened with Memphis? Because we got outrushed 215 to 77. <sighs> 31 rushing attempts, 22 by the quarterback, only nine by a trio of running backs who have been running the ball well all season. <laughs> this is where my frustration is. It's Why? It, it has Why? a lot. It has a lot to do with play calling. Uh, like Bomb said, the shotgun formation on a fourth and three is not where you go. It, it, I mean, I know a lot of colleges don't do under center, but I've seen I've seen SEC programs if they're going fourth and three, and it's going to be a run, they're going to go under center. They'll go a goal a goal line formation. They'll do something to get. Give you me know, a wildcat formation there. Anything, something. anything to make it work. You you could have had the wildcat with Thomas and Calvin Austin. That would have been the perfect wildcat formation because you never knew where it was going to go. Hell, you could have put John Dyke's big body back there and yeah. let him run it. Or, you, you, I mean, here's the thing. Sorry, I promise I'm not trying to cut you off, Nathan. Oh, go ahead. But here's the thing. Peter Parrish was running the ball the whole night. Yeah. Just put him in – just put him in freaking wildcat and let him go. Yeah. Just do it. Well, Try your it. problem your problem with running the ball was – and Parrish doesn't have the arm strength. He can't really get the ball mm-hmm. that far downfield. And in his defense, he hasn't played a lot. Uh, he hasn't played at all. Um, and UCF knew that, so they loaded the box the entire game and it took the, way, the run away from you. But also their secondary stepped up where you couldn't throw the ball to Calvin downfield and you had to throw these mm-hmm. little dink and dunk passes. So it really, I don't think the Wildcat would have made any difference because um, the O line was playing like garbage. I'm just going to be honest; they look well, terrible. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's like what Bum said. This is the same UCF team that struggled with Navy. Um, and you know, Memphis came in and blew out Navy. Now, Cincinnati struggled with Navy too, but they got their crap together. And, and ended up getting the victory off of them. But this Memphis team, something, something's got to happen, uh, whether it's uh, on the offense, on the coaching staff on offense or something. Uh, Ryan Silverfield, uh, luckily they have a bye week. So with this bye week, it's going to help them uh, kind of get shit together, uh, get everything figured out. And hopefully Ryan Silverfield comes out against SMU with a better game plan than he had going in against UCF because – Whatever game plan they had, it obviously didn't work. They need to go back to the way they played Navy for an example for game film and look over that game film and watch, compare films of how they played Navy and how you played UCF. Because yep. the thing about SMU, SMU is coming in, and they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. SMU is gonna throw it. No, I mean nonstop. So. <laughs> But yeah, Memphis—they got a lot of figuring out to do. So luckily, I'm they really got a bye concerned week. about that. Uh, Sanchez Blake's out for the rest of the season, so one of your best guys in the secondary is out for that game. So your backups, um, your Tyrez Lindsey's, 
your uh, Quindell Johnsons, uh, Jacoby Francis, uh, those guys, Slavonta Oliver, those guys are going to have to step up in that game. Yeah. Um, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet they throw a guy like Julian Barnett back there at the second safety spot because he's a big guy. He can cover the field. Um, and, you know, that's a name we haven't heard a lot this year. You know, there's names on this team that we thought we were going to hear all year. We haven't heard a lot from a lot of these guys, such as well, – That was actually my next question is, where are the guys that – we've had two of the best recruiting classes back-to-back in school history – Besides Greg Rubin, Seth Hennigan, Thomas, I understand all. Where's the rest of them? I haven't seen. I mean, unless I'm just missing them. I mean, maybe I'm just missing them. I mean, you got guys like Rock Taylor out there trying to make plays. Rock Taylor's getting double covered because he's so big. Yeah, um, that's a big receiver if I've ever seen he's one. Huge. If I'm being honest, look at that. The Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves up two nothing first inning. Look at this. Let's go. Let's go. Chop on, baby. Bring the World Series to the South. Even though I'm a Cardinals fan, let's go. So, speaking of the Memphis football team, and Nathan alluded to it, we've got a bye week coming up, guys. Real quick before we take a break, and we'll come back from break, we want to talk all things Memphis basketball. That includes the Grizzlies. So, uh, guys, we got a a bye week. We got SMU. SMU's got a tough game this week with Houston. That's That's no cakewalk for SMU. That's going to be a nice American Athletic Conference game. Houston coming in at five and one, uh, SMU undefeated. We got the bye week coming in. How how is Seth? Do we think Seth will be back for SMU? They had Highland Hundred Day uh, Sunday. They said he looked fine. Said he'll be playing. Okay. Uh, one thing I did here that really showed me something about this player in particular and how he's going to respond was Peter Parrish. Um, there was a lot of Highland 100 members there Sunday afternoon. Peter Parrish walked by all of them, shook their hands, gave them hugs, said, thank you for being here. Thank you for keeping confidence in us. Um, I'm hoping this kid steps up and is a leader. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I know he had a rough game, but we got to throw this kid a bone. First college game he's ever played in. Uh, he went to LSU, transferred to Memphis, Sat out last year, and he's playing this year. Started against UCF, and honestly, the first half didn't look that bad. No, he didn't. And he a lot didn't. of his turnovers weren't forced turnovers on him. They were deflections off of the receivers yeah. that were caught by the secondary of UCF. Um, the O line, the O line is my biggest just question mark in that game, as far as. They're just letting guys right up the middle get back there, you know. I mean, ever since the Mississippi State game, besides the Navy game, they've been like that, though. Have they not? They have. uh, There's inconsistency there, and I can tell you firsthand by knowing Ryan Silverfield, he does not like that whatsoever. He is no line coach, and that is the number one – Like. Here's the thing about Coach Silverfield. Coach Silverfield is your prototypical offensive line coach who wants the ball to ru- go through the run game and wants the O-line to be able to protect the quarterback. They're not doing either. You know, they're not allowing the rushing game to get going. They're not protecting the quarterback. Um, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some big changes this offseason uh, as far as, 
the offensive line. Not offensive line coach. I think Coach Bridge does an incredible job with these guys. But you also have to think, you're losing a guy like Dylan Parham to the NFL draft. Um, you're going to have to address the offensive line this offseason. And I don't know if that's transfer portal or – which I'm sure they'll add some guys. Or getting recruits in here earlier um, in January uh, so they can go through their their spring practice and everything. But you, you you're going to have to address this offensive line. It's going to be – I'm not going to say it's going to be tough because we know how good of an offensive line coach Ryan Silverfield is. I think he's going to have to take over the offensive line by himself at some point. That was actually going by week. I was going to ask, is there are we going to see some, I guess you use the term, wholesale changes where people start being demoted or people start, I'm going to take this over or you're going to start going through me because I mean, you're four and four. It's 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 teetering on that. Are you going to make a bowl game? And we haven't talked about that in uh, what eight years? Yeah, twenty thirteen was last year. We did not make a bowl game. My yeah. junior year of high school. So I mean, Will, when you when you look at this week, and Nathan, this same question for you, and then we'll jump to break. Um, what is gonna, what is what is need going to need to be done? during this off week to get ready for SMU. I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, 2013 being Bumgarner's junior high school. Man, I'm telling you. Because uh, I, I graduated high school in 2003, so that that, <laughs> that makes me feel really old. Yeah, it does. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to go take some leave. I'll be right back. No, um, you going to go take your back, Bill? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, no, I don't know, man. I don't know what they really need to do. I mean, it's you can't, you know, you, you can't you can't just pull experience or time out of thin air. And that's what I think a lot, a lot of these guys need, um, you know, but I, I do, I do agree with what you guys were talking about earlier. Some of these younger guys or some of these guys that we've had come in these recruiting classes um, over the last couple of years, you know, where are these guys at and why aren't they showing up in games, you know, and, and, uh, and proving their worth. I mean, get out there, prove something, get out there on the field. I don't know what, you know, why they're not getting time or maybe why they're not getting noticed. Um, but it's, you know, you, like you mentioned a second ago, we're four and four, you're at the 500 mark. Um, and you got nothing, but, you know, it's not exactly cake walks down, down the stretch. I mean, you've got some difficult games and you, you at least got to pull a couple more out, even if you want, you know, uh, a little bowl game. I mean, just something that kind of keep the one good thing Memphis has going for them is three home games. True. Yeah, that Very is good. True. That is good. And that's, you know, what we have, uh, how many games left? Five? Four. Four. Five, four. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that, is, that is a positive. And line. Yeah, very yeah. true. Uh, I mean, go ahead. It's, it's, I'm just saying, I mean, it's it's really, I don't know that you can point to one thing. I mean, it's not really been consistent one way or the other. Every other week it seems like it changes as far as what, what really needs to be focused in on. And I don't know yeah. if it's just, you know, lackadaisical, you know, maybe one thing's getting more attention in practice than another or what, what it may be. But, um, yeah, it's just – I don't know. It's definitely concerning. You can't you can't really pinpoint anything, you know. No, you can't. And that's – and that's, I mean, I feel like every week when we have this show, Nathan, it feels like every week we talk about, okay, let's get the defense fixed. Oh, the, 
the defense is fixed. Okay, now it's the offense. So, like a, like I said, going into this off week, I think this is almost the perfect time. It's like it's almost like a perfect storm. Memphis loses a game. I really don't feel like we should have lost. I feel like any game we've lost this year, we shouldn't have lost. But now you've got a bye week, and then you got SMU, big time school, once again coming back to Memphis two years to the day of game day. Yeah, so so the bye week is always good for any college football program, especially coming off of a loss. It gives you two weeks to prepare for a, a really good SMU team. Um, so, and the fact that it will be at home, uh, there's a lot on the line uh, for Memphis right now. I mean, it, it don't matter SMU's ranked or not. The fact that you you shouldn't allow SMU to come into your house and beat you, right. especially – if the game against UCF happened at Memphis yeah. and it was 24-7 in Memphis, that, that would just leave a sour taste in your mouth. But this bye week, I'm hoping Ryan Silverfield adjust, makes a lot of adjustments to his offense, uh, defense too, uh, because, you know, it, it, it was just – it's like I told you, Wes, when I talked to you on the phone. You watch him play Navy and it looks great. It's like Tiger – Tiger, this this is the Memphis football team we've been waiting for, and then you get to UCF and you just you you honestly can't even watch it because it's just so bad. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I had to turn it off, turn it back on because it was <laughs> it, it was hard, it was tough to watch. But I think this bye week's good for him. Um, now, what to do in the off season? Uh, that's going to be up to Ryan Silverfield what he feels needs to be done, whether it's off uh, coaching staff or you know, whatever. But uh, I think as long as they can focus on SMU, I believe Ryan Silverfield has a plan and has a strategy to beat SMU at Memphis. So hopefully they can uh, they can get a – because if – I'll put it this way. If Memphis comes out and plays like we did against Navy, we, we, can, we can either give SMU a game or we can beat SMU. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Well, no doubt. so there is a little drama going on down there in Dallas for SMU because Sonny Dykes has been named the lead candidate for the Texas Tech job. Oh. So you have to think, you have to think that these players also just watching Jose Altuve walk to the plate. He's like five foot six. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, ain't no, ain't no but, sorry, Wes. Um, but uh, no. I haven't grown have since eighth grade. There's it's okay. a lot. There, there's a lot going on in these players' heads, thinking, "Was my coach committed to being here with me?" Yeah. Or like, you think back to Fuente after you beat Ole Miss, you go on that four-game skid, uh, and basically because Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech's being talked about the whole time, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there is there is that factor that plays into this game coming up that that is going to play in your advantage. Uh, these guys these guys just have to look. Nathan says it all the time. These guys just have to nut up or shut up, and it. it's go time, boys. Like you can't be missing bowl games here. That you got to say fun. it better than that, Bob. <laughs> Do what? Look, you either got to nut up, shut up. There you there go. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, you have four games left. You have 
a chance to win eight games this season if you can win out. We've won eight games or more every year since 2014. Uh, I, I don't want this to be the first year where we haven't won eight or more games, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to continue that trend. I think that is a good – I think eight games is a good, like, marker for what Memphis football fans should expect out of their team every single season. Eight wins. Yeah, it that's a good bar six, set. It shouldn't be seven. It should be eight. Uh, and – the, the over-under line for the University of Memphis this year, as far as betting odds, was set at eight and a half. So, you go in here, you win these four, and you go win your bowl game, you get the over. Yeah. You poo the bed the rest of the year, and you go two and two these last two, you're going six and six, and you're probably going to a really crappy bowl game. So, this is what's going to determine if you want that uh, a game against a decent football team or you want a game against a – lower end uh, Conference USA team, you know. Yeah, very true, very true. We're going to jump to a quick break real quick. Once again, I want to thank Memphis rapper Lil White for our theme song, Give Them the Blues. Here's a quick uh, little portion of it right here during this ad. But when we come back from the break, guys, it's time for basketball. We'll be right back here on The Point. To the point, we got Brandon Bumgarner, Nathan Wilson, Willie B, Willie Bass in the room with us tonight. I am Wes Pruitt. Thank you to everybody watching on the point Facebook page, Four Star Sports Media, Facebook and YouTube pages. Guys, we got it cranked up on the basketball court this week. Brandon, you were there. Tell me about this Memphis basketball program. But my first question is this, Brandon. When it comes to this Memphis basketball program, should us as fans be concerned about the guys who did not play in the exhibition game? Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. 
there's no problems as far as I know um, with the money Bates other than a, a deep thigh bone bruise. He'll be fine. Uh, or thigh bruise, not a bone bruise. Bone bruise would be bad. Um, <laughs> no, thigh bruise, he'll be fine. You should, you might see him suit up on Sunday, this, this coming Sunday. Um, you're waiting to hear back from Oregon on the Chandler Lawson thing, as Penny stated in his post-game press conference. And then uh, Jonathan Lawson was a disciplinary thing, and Landers Nolly is just kind of a thing right now. Uh, there's rumors going around that he may or may not be on the team. Uh, uh, the, I, I can't say anything for sure uh, about what's going on with him, but with or without those guys, uh, this team is going to be special. Uh, <laughs> it, sun, Sunday just showed me how good we can be without four of the best players on the team uh, and possibly the best player on the team. I look back to Sunday and I think, okay, Lester Quinones is an absolute animal. He scored 20 points. Uh, guys like John Camden and Joshua Minot were making plays out there. And, you know, the first go-around with Tyler Harris, we were like, okay, Tyler's a shooter. Now, well, I saw Tyler play in high school. I knew he was a playmaker. This kid is a pass-first guard now. Uh, he, he, he makes the pass first. He's looking for the open man. He makes really good plays. But the two guys that impressed me more than anybody on that team on Sunday were – Jalen Duran and Malcolm Dandridge. That was the first time we have ever seen Malcolm Dandridge healthy in a Memphis uniform. And boy, that looked special. You cannot tell me that Rasheed Wallace has not been working with those guys. Because Malcolm Dandridge was big bodying guys, making plays. It was fun to watch. And I know it's just an exhibition game and it's I want to see the competition, uh, like true competition that they play first before I make any crazy remarks on those guys. Uh, I think Duran's going to be Jalen Duran. I think he's just a special player on his own right. I saw Malcolm Dandridge play in high school. The kid was unbelievable. Pairing next to James Wiseman uh, at East. I, man, I, I think this team could be really special, guys. Um, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, I mean, you had you went top to bottom. Jaden Hardaway came in, was making plays. He had what? had twelve points. He was like four, or he was. I think he was like four of five from three. I thought he uh, looked good, man. I mean, I Jayden feel like Hardaway, J- well, and Jaden last year. You have to look back to last year. Jaden's defense was great last year. That's yeah. what that's what did so well for him, um, or boded so well for him. But you have. Uh, you have a lot to look forward to this year, guys, um, starting with the depth of this team. We've already talked about it, and you could afford to lose one guy and another guy pick it right up and take that spot. You know, uh, I'm really, I'm really, really excited to see this, and we'll see more of it when they play Lane College on Sunday. Uh, I believe that's being broadcast on ESPN Plus as well, so if you want to check them out, you can watch that. But, man, and I'll have more in-depth stuff when it comes to regular season and everything like that. Um, Because 
Penny Penny really wasn't throwing sets out there on Sunday. It was more of a, all right, let me see what I got as far as gameplay. And <laughs> you saw a lot of what he got. That yeah, that team looked fun. Man, that team is going to be fun to watch. Uh, Nathan, speaking of Malcolm Dandridge, man, this guy reminded me a lot of Joey Dorsey Sunday. Big nasty. Yeah, he did. He did. He did a lot of the big nasty. I mean, look, we we we've said it time and time again here on the point. Penny Hardaway is, is he built a squad that is going to be tough to beat. And that exhibition match, uh, to watch it and see what he was working with, and for it to be an exhibition, the guys came out playing like it was just like it was a real game for them, and that that was fun to watch and to see this Tiger team come out and play the way they did. I know a lot of the fans were excited, uh, and they were all hyped up for this, but I, I'm with Bum on this though. I, I can't wait to see the actual competition and how it all folds out. I'm excited about the uh, game in uh, at, in Nashville against Tennessee. That's going to be that's going to be so much fun to watch, especially watch the Tigers beat the brakes off of uh, the Vols, and hopefully the Vols have plenty of mustard to bring to their uh, yeah. Don't forget basketball games. Don't forget they played your Bama boys this year too. They played your Bama boys this year too. Don't oh, forget. I know, I know, I know, I know they do. And you know what? That's going to also be a game I can't wait to watch. Uh, I know this is strictly. It ain't Memphis. gonna be fun in your house. <laughs> no, it's not gonna be fun. But it it it. But for me, it's it's gonna be a house divided. So yeah. my my wife will be cheering for the Tigers. I'll be cheering for the my Bama boys. So it's gonna be. But it's gonna be fun though. Uh, and whether I mean, like I said, this 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 team right here that Penny Hardway has built it, is a team that's gonna be tough to beat. And. Yeah. The talk ain't going to be about Kentucky, how's Kentucky going to do, how's Duke going to do, how's you know all these other programs going to do. It's going to be about Memphis and Penny Hardaway, and I that's agree. going to be the talk uh, on ESPN and all <laughs> everywhere. So I completely I, agree. Uh, Will, when you look at this Tiger basketball team, we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it all season. This team's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely stacked. You know, you could go through a list of, you know, 10, 12, 15 names and easily come up with probably a top, you know, top 25, top 30 roster for any any team in the country. Um, you know, even though Imani didn't play this past week, obviously Landers and Jonathan uh, possibly with disciplinary issues and then Chandler still kind of waiting on clearance like uh, like Brandon was mentioning. You know, I, I was reading something earlier, uh, something that Penny was kind of interviewed about. And, I mean, they really have a good mix of of their young guys and a really good mix of vets. And um, having those two things on the court, you know, it's something that we really haven't had in very many years that I can remember that have been, you know, have this potential of cohesiveness, at least in That's my definitely. opinion. Um, you know, you got a lot of talent. You've got a lot of guys, you know, especially with Lester and Malcolm, um, obviously with Alex Lomax. Um, excuse my my bulls up there. They're running around in the China shop. Um, so you got all these guys, man. A couple of the transfers, obviously, Earl Timberlake, uh, Tyler Harris coming back. But then Minot and Camden. I mean, there's so many weapons, you know, it's. I, I've read a lot 
that seems really negative about this program as far as like, well, how's Penny going to deal with the rotation and how is he going to keep everybody happy? As long as these guys are winning games and they have a potential to win an NCAA championship, I don't really think they're going to give a damn about exactly. who's starting as long as they're getting a little playing time and they can get in there. And if you have anything like this past weekend, which granted you got to consider the competition, but if you get into these games where they're blowing people out, guys are going to get time, even guys that are further down the line that wouldn't necessarily normally see time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it, man. I mean, I don't see how, as a Memphis fan, I don't see how you couldn't be. Um, you know, I think this next game kind of kind of cool. There's uh, We can get into it later, but there's it's kind of a cool storyline with that game um, that I'm looking forward to as well. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I don't, I don't see how, even if you were just a basketball fan in general, how you could not be excited about the level of talent, uh, the number of pieces that you could put together and just absolutely wipe the floor with most MB, I mean, the NCAA uh, programs, you know, this year. I mean, just from what I've seen so far. And, and granted, you know, it's, just, it's a small sample size, but we're going to start getting into some fun games here real soon. And I think people are going to really see what this team is made of. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the Tiger basketball schedule, of course, this Sunday, you got Lane College coming in and a very, very familiar name. To Tiger yes, basketball fans, I believe his nickname Andre was Little, Little General back in the day. Mr. Andre Turner returns to the court on the opposing team, but that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I love that connection that Penny's doing with Lane and uh, and Andre Turner and then also with LeMoyne Owen. I just I, I, I love the Christian brothers, awesome. you know, just bringing them in roads, keeping, them, yeah. keeping, keeping it in-house. I really, really like that. Um, this Lane College game, I, th I think we're going to see a lot and even more uh, of what we saw last Sunday against LeMoyne. When you look at Penny, he knows the season starts after this game. That's when it kicks off. And in, in, like I said, you look at that schedule in the month of November, that's not a cakewalk schedule. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. I'm telling you, that St. Louis game concerns me. And I know everybody, I'm telling you. It just as a Tiger fan, it concerns. Me. I think this, in in years past, that schedule with this team and that schedule, it's a cakewalk. With last yeah, year's it, team and that schedule, it's not as much a cakewalk. But in years, yeah, like it, like Bum just said, in years past, I probably would have been concerned about St. Louis because their style of play is, you know, like everybody knows. I think they're one of the slowest teams in the country as far as how they play their game. They don't want to yeah. score points. They want to make sure that they're just moving the ball down the court as slowly as possible, playing really good defense. But as as long as Penny plays his game and with the length and just overall, you're never going to have a tired guy on the court. They're just going to run these guys to death all year long. Every team we play, all I got to say is their strength and conditioning coaches better be on their game. Yeah. At least a couple of weeks before we play them, because these dudes are going to get run off the court. They're just going to be exhausted you saw it because Sunday. these guys play constantly. They just get they get out there, they run from the time that whistle blows until there's zeros on the clock. And you know, I don't think anybody else in the country is going to be able to keep up with it, man. Yeah, you saw it Sunday. The conditioning for this team that they don't get tired. There wasn't a single guy out there, and Penny's got five more. He can just put right back out there. Run up and down the floor on you. We're gonna we're gonna make some teams extremely tired, especially teams that don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. 
such as a in-conference game against like East Carolina or Tulane, teams like that. Those games should be over by halftime. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, uh, it, it's it's going to be impressive. Like you said, Will, there shouldn't be a team in the country who be, who's going to be able to keep up with you as far as you running them out. You're literally going to run them out of the gym. Well, uh, well, let's also look at this coaching staff Penny's got. I mean, you got a you got a, a, a Hall of Famer, you know, that has been to the that has been to the big the big, you know, the, the championship top. game. I yeah. mean, been there, you know, done that. And the way that uh, I'm sure he's helping Penny coach this uh, Memphis Tiger team, I mean, it shows, and it, it shows out there on the court. So, I completely agree, and I think alluding to what Brandon said earlier, you can see a change in our big man already. And it's just a, it was just an exhibition game. I mean, wait till we're mid mid stride in the season. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. There's also another basketball team in the city of Memphis for the university of Memphis. That's got a season coming up and that's the women's basketball team. The lady tigers, Brandon, you know, the coach fairly well. You've met her a few times. How excited are you for this women's basketball team to get cranked up this year? I'm just excited that we finally have a coach who's invested in winning. Melissa McFerrin was not invested in winning. She was invested in collecting a paycheck and not doing a damn thing with that women's basketball program at the University of Memphis. Uh, our friends that work at, with us at Four Star Sports Media understand that uh, – our new head coach eliminated their hogs from the first round of the NCAA tournament last year when she was coaching at Wright State. She has a coaching pedigree. She knows how to get uh, these young women bought in and play well for them. Uh, and honestly, there's talent all over this team. Uh, I mean, you have girls coming in from out of the country, girls coming in locally, uh, and it, it only helps that you just redid the Elmer Field Fieldhouse as yes. far as recruiting. Uh, the, by the way, uh, I've been in there recently, and it is beautiful. Uh, the, the things really? that they've done, you know, that 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 uh, arena or whatever, gym, whatever you want to call it, was a dump for a long time. It was. And now uh, you talk about how the campus has expanded and how nice it looks now. You think about something like the field house and uh, how nice it is to have that that as a just uh, recruiting base and a place that you play your home games and everything like that. But not to mention you have a coach that wants to win. She brought her entire coaching staff from Wright State to Memphis. A lot of coaches don't do that. A lot of coaches don't bring the same people that they had with them. It shows you that uh, – she she loves the people that she's around, the people that she that. Okay, so side note, I was at Tiger Bookstore today, just doing something up there, and uh, Wes knows, but nobody else will know until until you see it. Uh, Coach Merriweather and her entire coaching staff walked in to Tiger Bookstore. The people that were in there were saying, "Hey, Coach, good luck." She's 
you know, you didn't see that at a, out of Melissa McFerrin. You saw her maybe show up to a big-time basketball game, but I've right. seen Coach Merriweather more than I've seen uh, ever saw Coach McFerrin. She's, she's making her face known. Uh, she wants people to come to those games and support them. I'm absolutely going to go to quite a few games this year. Uh, I believe tickets to the women's basketball games are like 10 bucks. So, uh, and they got a decent schedule. Their first exhibition game is next Thursday. I can't remember who they're playing. It's on the fourth. Uh, and I did ask. I, I asked coach. I asked coach um, today at Tiger Bookstore. I said, "Hey, coach, what, what day is the game next week? Is it Thursday or Friday?" She goes, "Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I just know the dates." <laughs> that that to me shows you right there that she's working hard. She wants these girls to be prepared. She wants them to play. Uh, I I am very excited before the women's program is going. I think we're going to start landing some big-time recruits. I think the penny draw is also going to draw some, some of these girls out of different places, and they're going to see that Memphis – look, before I was born, Memphis was making the tournament every year in women's basketball. They were a very – not a story program, but they were very good. Uh, they won the conference several times. Great coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they won the conference several times. They went to the tournament several times. And I just want to get back to those years of making the tournament. And I think even just making the tournament, I think Coach Merriweather can be a coach that makes runs in the tournament. Uh, and you get the right girls in here, it's going to be very good. I'm, I'm super excited for this, man. Just Memphis basketball in general, all the way from uh, women's to men's to your professional team with the Grizzlies, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fun year. It really is. the The entire city of Memphis, obviously, they love basketball, always have, uh, and it's well deserved. I mean, when you go back and look at the guys like Larry Finch, Andre Turner, who we talked about earlier, Penny, Lorenzen Wright, I mean. The, the list goes on and on. Uh, it's well-deserved, and and, and it's and, and Memphis fans should get out and support the women's basketball program just as much as they do the men's. That's never really happened, but it should because the women are putting just as much effort out there in the practice, in their school, in their at, you know, outside activities. It doesn't change just because you're a male or female when it comes to being a student athlete. It's all the same. Uh, I got three girls, man. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, now let's jump over to the professional team. Well, one of the professional teams in the Memphis City, and that is your Memphis Grizzlies. Guys, John Morant is everywhere, everywhere. But one thing I've noticed is there's been more chatter about him very early in the season Guys wanting to know, are you watching John Moran? If you're not, pull up his YouTube clips. Watch eight of them. You'll be amazed. It's fun to see you finally. Go ahead, Brent. If the season ended today, John Morant would be the MVP. That's, oh, no, how, good That's how good he is playing. Yeah. Uh, and there's no debate about it. The kid just dropped 40 and 10 against the Lakers <laughs> in did. Staples Center. Yep. And missed a free throw to potentially win the game. And immediately after the game, walks in the locker room, grabs his phone, said, that's my bad. That's on me. 
Yeah. Y'all forgive me. That's not my teammates' fault. That's uh, that's that's the sign one of a true leader, two mm-hmm. of a future. Not even a future. I'm willing to call him a superstar right now. Oh, like no you said, Wes, he's everywhere. He was all over ESPN today. Mm-hmm. He had a big interview on Sports Center today. They talked about his best plays that he's made in his career so far. And he said, and, and he talked about how much he loves the city of Memphis. You know, but, stars, superstars, um, you know, you'll hear, yeah, I like it here. Uh, it's, it's a good place. John Morant embodies Memphis. <laughs> it's, it, it, and it's, it, it's not even close. You, you know, you look at a guy like Giannis um, in Milwaukee, and I know I use him as an example a lot. John Morant can be our Giannis Antetokounmpo as a 6'3 guard. You know, he can – this team, they're sitting at 2-1. and one. They have two really good wins. Uh, I mean, yeah. you you beat a Cavs team with a lot of depth, and they're not going to end up being a very good team. But it, that, that's your first game. You beat the Clippers at home, uh, who is – Paul George dropped like 42 points in that game. He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then – you damn near beat the Lakers on a back-to-back night. Yep. The Lakers are on two days rest at that point. And then tomorrow night, they're playing on the big stage on ESPN against Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, who are playing pretty good basketball right now mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, they're sitting uh, at one and two right now. You know, uh, I've never seen this much exposure. I've never seen this ex- much exposure for the Grizzlies, except for when they made the run to the Western Conference Finals in 2013. That was my actual next point, and Nathan, I'm coming to you next. That was that was my next point. It's fun to see some national exposure for all Memphis teams. It's really fun to see. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. So if you watch the game with the Lakers, they have a picture <laughs> that somebody that somebody captured with uh, Moran. I forgot what he what he did, but uh, in the back you see Anthony Davis' mouth just like. It just dropped. This guy has made he, – he's made the ESPN top five plays on that sick dunk he threw down. I mean, this dude is – I mean, I hope he's in the slam dunk competition this year too. I, I hope he get. I, I don't because I don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> but but this man's got yeah. – so, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. He's a leader. He, he, he's the he, – I mean, to me, he's, he's the Seth Curry of this basketball program. Uh, with the Grizzlies, he, he's done a lot. He's if he does not get MVP at the end of this year, I, I will straight up say it's all rigged <laughs> because oh, he yeah. deserves it. I mean, he I mean he shows he, he's it just, he day. has to be able to continue to perform at this level to win MVP. He does. Um, there's no telling if he will, but I like it, it can become a nightly thing, and I think it will become a nightly thing at some point. Well, this if you look kid, at the pace he's on right now, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. As long, yeah. As, this, as, long as he stays healthy. He on a would, different he... level right now. It's nothing we've ever seen with the Grizzlies. Yeah. You know, we saw Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, Tony Allen, Mike Conley, night in, night out, go out and just sleep teams to death. We would yeah. we would rock them to bed. Jason this Williams. Team, this team goes into a gym, <laughs> and they might not look better than you, but they damn sure are better than you. Yeah. It, it's – it's crazy, guys. Like, and if you get a guy like a Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. performing well next to Ja, watch out because this Grizzlies team can be crazy. But also, don't forget, Dylan Brooks is out with a hand injury. He is by far your best defensive player, 
and one of the most liable sources of offense on this team. <clears throat> Well, wasn't there talk? What wasn't there talk? Uh, Dylan Brooks. That actually, I think the Lakers were trying to get Dylan Brooks. At, they uh, looked into it. The Grizzlies said no and said piss off. So, yep. uh, I would have done the exact same thing. Because if I was because, because here's the th- here's the thing. The Lakers are building this, trying to build this powerhouse team. But if you watch them play, dude, they can't get along. Everybody yeah. wants to be the big player. Everybody- well, Russell Russell Westbrook is just <laughs> he, he is a he is. Not what you want no. uh, on a team with a bunch of stars. He's a right. very, very good player on a team by himself. Yeah. But when you put guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James around him, it's not going to be successful. Now, somebody that I do respect and has kind of reassert, re, reemerged their game this season, Carmelo Anthony for the Lakers, mm-hmm. he has looked very good. He found a good spot for himself coming off the bench. He's scoring mm-hmm. 20 points a night. Good for him. And I don't know if y'all saw – but uh, I, I was trying to get back to the John Morant point. Carmelo Anthony, after the game, said that John Morant is the future of the NBA. Yeah, and, and he didn't say he didn't say that John Morant is a future like good player in the NBA. He said John Morant is the future of the NBA. Not Luka Doncic, not Zion Williamson, not Trey Young. John Morant. That's awesome. Not the Ball Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> although, yeah. although. The Chicago Bulls look pretty good right now. Man, Not they are gonna playing lie. some ball right now. <laughs> First 4-0 start since I was a year old. Hey, Zach Levine, dude. Zach Levine is <laughs> is a beast, man. Since you were a year old, wow, that makes me feel so young. Uh, Will, mm-hmm. well, I'll go to the other old guy in the group. Will, when you look at this Grizzlies team, we got a three-game sample size so far, so not a huge <clears> sample size. But we know you're a big numbers guy. Give us some numbers on this Grizzlies team that you're impressed with. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm known for that because I've got something for you. Uh, so a couple of the things I've been Willing looking at, kind of, yeah, man. What uh, So a few of the a few of the leaders uh, just so far this year. I mean, you've got obviously Ja. He's averaging 35 points a game in three games. That's you know that's that's pretty solid. Uh, but yeah. another guy, obviously a new addition, Stephen Adams. Man, he's got um, 13 rebounds per game right now. And he's got the highest field goal percentage on the team at 63%. So that's the pretty big solid. Kiwi. Well, yeah, that I really like him, man. I think he's a great addition to this team. I mean, you know, I know we've had our backs and you know back and forth with him in the past, but he's uh he's great for this team. He's the he's a perfect personality for this city, I think, and for that team and the kind of vibe we keep here. Uh, but then you also too, you know, as long and like Bump said earlier, as long as you can kind of get something out of Jaron Jackson. I think that's going to really be big for this team this year. And uh, so far, he's averaging about eight blocks a game. He's leading the team in blocks. So that's pretty huge. As long as he stays healthy, I think that's going to be huge uh, moving forward. And we'll, we'll play big throughout the season, obviously. But uh, Dylan Brooks coming back is going to be big. That dude. Just, you know, he, he's kind of like the, the new age Tony Allen for the Grizz. I mean, he, he just gets in everybody's face and uh, doesn't back down. I mean, we saw that last year, you know, leading up to to the point that we exited the season. But, you know, he just – he gets in everybody's face. He doesn't he doesn't back down. He's not afraid of anybody. And uh, he's one of those guys you just like to have on your team because you can put him out there to defend anybody. And it doesn't matter who it is. He's going to go out there and go toe-to-toe with them, and uh, I can't wait for him to get back on the court with these guys. And the other thing that I really like about him is when he gets hot, he is in fuego. 
I mean, yes. he'll light Very you up. Much. I mean, when you look oh, at yeah. Ja, uh, Jaron Jackson, others, and then you got him in, in there too, that's a triple-headed monster that can cause issues. Because if one guy's hot one night, the next guy can be hot the next night and, by, and, you know, and continue on. want to give a Definitely. quick shout-out to our sponsor, Germantown Village Wine and Liquors. Guys, if you need a little bit of alcohol for the big SMU game coming up or if you're heading downtown, go by and see them. 7730 Poplar Avenue, Germantown, Tennessee. Beautiful Germantown, Tennessee. Or you can give them a call, 901-737-3174. Go by and tell them that the Point and Four Star Sports Media sent you. Stephen Plunk is an amazing guy over there, and they've got some single-barrel whiskeys that I've heard are mm, so good. But you can only get them in their store. So go by and check them out. Guys, the city John of Morant, Sports. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. John Morant has a 34.64 player efficiency rating. That is absurd. Yeah. He he is sixth in the lead. And I know we're only, what, three games in? But he's behind mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, who has won an MVP award, and Nikolai Jokic, who has won an MVP last year. He's also behind multiple-time All-Star Carl Anthony Towns and Paul George. He's fifth in the league in PER. Wow. He's three years deep into his uh, run in the NBA, and he's only 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. He hasn't even, he hasn't even hit his peak yet. That's, he that's he's the not scary even in thing. Prime. I, I know. Mm. That's what I'm saying. He's just starting to climb. He ain't even got there right. yet. Yeah. Basically, basically, uh, he's just marinating. You know, yeah. when people, when you know, Penny, Penny's bringing this program back for basketball. It, it is just going to be incredible to see this Tigers team and this Grizzlies team both gel at the same time. Basketball fever is going to be going on in the city like it is. It already is right now. Yeah, yeah. So keep us warm through the winter, baby. When you get into March, and the Grizzlies are making a playoff push, and they're a four or five seed looking to be a three or a two or maybe even a one seed. And then you got the Grizz or the Tigers going into the tournament. This city's going to be on fire. Oh yeah. It's oh, going to yeah. be awesome. And if yeah. the Tiger football program can just get things right. And I feel like they can, I feel like coach Silverfield and staff will get it right. Uh, the city of Memphis sporting wise is always one of the most fun to be in. But right now as a Tiger fan, a Grizzly fan, Redbird fan for that matter, it's a lot of fun to be in the city of Memphis. Uh, nine hundred one FC, maybe. Not yes, yes. Nine hundred one FC is playoffs. Well. Speaking of being in Memphis, we, the Point and Four Star Sports Media, will be broadcasting live. We had so much fun the first time. We had to come back for more. Sidecar Cafe, right there on Whitten Road, right next to the Harley Davidson dealership. You can't miss it. They've got the biggest TV wall screen I've ever seen in my life. Uh, great food, great atmosphere, just everything is just class A with Soccer Cafe. November 7th, right after the SMU football game, we will be there live from noon to around 4. Come by and see us, have some food, talk some sports with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. For Nathan Wilson, Willie B., Brandon Bumgarner, I am Wes Pruitt. Thank you, everybody, watching and listening on Apple and Spotify as well. We are the point, and we are out.